Hi, everybody. This is John Burns with New Heights 360. And today I have a special guest, Troy LeBlanc, who is a vaping advocate that's doing quite a bit uh, at the nation's capital, among other things, working to try to save this industry. And he was so gracious enough to uh, come on today and and kind of enlighten us uh, on a little bit of what's going on and, and what's happening as far as uh, Washington goes, uh, locally, uh, and just in the industry in general. So uh, with that, uh, Troy, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Troy LeBlanc. I'm uh, the president of OPMH, as well as uh, the president of Derby SIGs. I sit as the president as the, of the Kentucky Smoke Free Association. I'm a SFADA board member, uh, as well as a VTA member. That's a lot. Yeah. I stay so I busy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I stay busy. Yes, you do. So I guess it's been almost a year now or maybe six months that you started the uh, Vaping Lobbying Fund, which was complete, completely independent of any organization. You and I have been around advocacy for quite a while now, and there's been different issues at different levels as far as rep representation goes and so forth. And so what inspired you to, to start that, that well, fund? I, I think one of the biggest issues we have on a national advocating front or front is there's too many messages. There's too many mixed messages. There's too many uh, advocacy groups that want different things. And I feel like none of them are really looking out for the vape shop owner, at least the vape shop owner's interests. So um you know, I, I wanted to create something that represented us as vape shop owners. I feel like manufacturers should have their own representation. I feel like vape shop owners should have their own representation. So, you know, we're not making a massive impact on the federal level, but at the same time, we're making sure that some of our concerns are heard. Yeah, it's pretty amazing because I remember when you first launched it, everybody's like, uh, what's this guy's angle? Because all of us have been burned to one degree or another, unfortunately with uh, our own advocacy groups at different levels or what have you. So there's always a lot of suspicion whenever anybody starts something that, that seems too good to be true, so to speak. And that's kind of what this was. Sure. And, and, and I want to preface this, you know, I've got no issues with the advocacy groups. I, I think everybody is, is trying to reach the same goal. So I don't think anybody is trying to step in and, and and hinder any progress i just feel like we're all going in different directions or we're all trying uh different angles to go in here and and it really bothered me to you know the last thing i wanted was another advocacy group that's it because i've been all for con consolidation for years i remember i stood up at a convention four years ago in uh texas and i specifically asked I had, we, there was five different advocacy groups up there and I asked these five advocacy groups, I've got a hundred thousand dollars. Who do I give it to? And, <laughs> and of course, did, I mean, did all their hands go up at once? <laughs> well, you know, one guy snickered. He's like, Oh, all of us, of course, you know, or a little bit to all of us, of course. And, and, and that makes no sense whatsoever. It makes no sense. Um, it really bothered me. It was, it was not the last VTA conference. Uh, it was the one prior. And I've been to every single VTA conference with the exception of this one um, was in Austin. I was at the SPOTA conference, which subsequently was in Austin. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, 
the hotel, meeting rooms, everything, it has to cost tens of thousands of dollars. Oh my and gosh. You have two advocacy groups using advocacy money to hold essentially the same thing. They're both doing the exact same thing. They're both doing advocacy in the same city. And then you're, you know, you've got some people that are trying to do half of one and half the other. You've got some people only, I'm only doing SPADA. You've got some people, oh, no, 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 no. My support's only a VTA. And to be quite honest with you, I'm sick of it. I'm absolutely sick of it. So, and, and I sit on the board of SPADA, but we're all here for the same common goal. Why, it, if, why not work together? If we're all here for the same thing, why not work together? It doesn't make any sense. Well, you bring up a good point. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions in the public that vaping was started by Big Tobacco and they're behind all this. But the fact of the matter is, uh, many people like myself got involved with all this based on this technology was the first time that something actually worked with getting us off of cigarettes. And I know you were probably like me. I've tried the gum, the medicine, the patch, lozenges. Uh, I, I tried blue when they first came out that lasted like three days. The thing ca basically caught on fire because I right. guess I was, I was hitting it too hard because I smoked a lot of cigarettes. Sure. So basically what you have is this industry, the way I look at it was formed from a bunch of grassroots shops. That, that's where it started. That's where it grew from. Now, naturally there's been large companies that have evolved from that juice companies and supply companies and so forth. But everyone's always saying, why can't we just get everybody united and on one page? But if you compare it to Afghanistan, it's the same problem they're having over there with democracy. For thousands of years, they've always had little tribes or what have you. Regimes. Regimes all segmented throughout the country. And they all have different ideas and thoughts. And, and, and so their government's always been splintered over there. And it's, it's a lot like what's going on and has went on, which I've been a part of advocacy, I guess, for four or five years. That's been the problem. You can't get everybody on the same page. And then, like what you said, we have all these different advocacy groups that aren't unified in the sense that the same message isn't on point. It's like, so, so well, which message are we going with? Are we going with this one? Are we going with that one? And then, you know, people are donating money here, donating money there, but the ball's not really being moved, so to speak, because there's not really any consolidated focus as far as advocacy as a whole goes. And there's not, people don't want to hurt other people's feelings. And I completely understand. So everyone's trying to appease everyone. And the bottom line is the answer to this, you cannot appease everyone to get an answer to this. Something has to be given up. Um, I'm a firm believer. And, and I think, I mean, I've been saying this for years and I think, you know, nothing's clearer than what you see happening right now. It's no coincidence that the two states that have now banned vaping flavors and the two or three states that are now considering it, maybe even four states, are four or five of the top seven MSA recipients. I mean, it, it's pretty clear that, that this is becoming uh, something to do with the MSA money they've been receiving. And I've been saying for years that these states will not back us up until they get their cut, period. And you have states around the country that have instilled several taxes and all 
people do is go online and circumvent the tax. So they're like, wait a minute, we're taxing this stuff and we're not making anything or we're not making up for the losses of the MSA. And people don't understand that it's about the money. It's about making sure the state has their funds. Now, I've got great friends that, are, that own online companies. I've got friends that uh, are large players in the online game. So either A, put in a federal excise tax that is divided up between the states to cover for the missing MSA money, or B, let the states tax it and eliminate online. That, those are the only two options at this point. And I, I, would, do, I, I do agree with you on that. And I know that you've gotten some pushback at different times for sharing that, you know, on Facebook or what have you. But the fact of the matter is this. So when they had that settlement, okay, the whole premise behind that was for tobacco prevention and education, blah, 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 blah. The problem is all these states got that money and they have spent, I think, 90 something percent of it on everything but tobacco prevention. Sure. On, well, top, on top of that, you got states that are stuck with these bonds now because smoking is declining at such an accelerated rate, which I attribute to vaping, and, and, and of course, maybe changes, but this has had a huge impact on that money. The problem that the general vaping population doesn't understand is for many states that funds are public health, Police departments, I mean, I'm not saying it's right, but they're losing money that they've depended on to keep their cities running, which isn't our fault, but that's well, really what it comes down to. Let's be honest. I mean, the MSA, you're sitting here wondering why it's not going towards smoking prevention, but the MSA funds are reliant 100% on tobacco sales. So the more tobacco they sell, the more money they receive, which doesn't seem to make sense to me. On top of that, what people don't understand <laughs> is, is these, these states are collecting ridiculous amounts of taxes on top of the MSA money they receive. So, you know, money, unfortunately, is the root of all evil. And I think money is what beh is behind this whole thing. And the only way these states are going to stand up for us is if we can recoup the money they're losing by losing smokers. So if someone has a better idea than that, I'm, I'm happy to hear it because personally, I don't want to put a sector of our business out of business. But the bottom line is, if we don't give something up or come up with a solution soon, the whole business is going to be out. So I, I don't know at this point. Yeah, it's been a little discouraging. We had our uh, first uh, fatality here in St. Louis yesterday, which you may or may not have heard about. And, uh, of course, THC is in the small print of the of stories or the conversation. Yep. Vaping's at the forefront of all of it. Of course, they show some kid chucking a cloud out, you know. And I have been diligently working with our clients and, and, and public and so forth on trying to educate them that one has nothing to do with the other because – Traditional vaping's been around for, what, 12-plus years? Right. And to date, I don't believe we have had any known cases long related to vaping other than a few that have been fabricated by Big Pharma. And the UK, with the Royal College of Physicians, has now done two very in-depth studies regarding vaping 
and they have found it to be 95% safer. But in addition to that, they're putting it in all their hospitals. So you can go into their hospital. You can not only vape in their hospitals, but you can buy vaping stuff in their hospitals because it's that much more effective. I, I will say the one thing that I've seen is a lot of the countries that are accepting of e-cigarettes are also the ones that authorize socialized medicine. A lot of the countries see its benefit, see its benefit to its bottom line because they are paying for the citizen's healthcare. And it's unfortunate that, that this country doesn't see that. And, you know, I'm not an advocate for socialized medicine. Um, I lived in a country that had socialized medicine for several years. I'm not an advocate for socialized medicine, but these are the countries that are putting people before profits. And it seems like that's what this is. You know, it's funny, you brought up uh, a vaping illness case. We, uh, we had a local news station do a news story uh, two days ago. and it was actually the day before I did my news story. So yesterday was the day I did my news story and it was a vaping poll, which I'm sure everyone's been seeing. It's a vaping poll, um, <laughs> which I'll get into vaping polls in a minute, but it was a vaping poll. And of course I went in there, I voted no to the flavor ban and I was going through the comments. Cause anytime I see anything about vaping, um, I'm very concerned about what the public perception is. You know, I don't really care to see what our advocates have to say because I already know what they're saying. They're saying the same thing you and I are, it's 95% safer, all the facts that we know. But I'm more interested in seeing what people that don't know anything about us are saying. And I was scrolling through the comments and of course the usual uh, vaping will kill you, vaping's terrible, vaping should be banned, you know, and it seems to be always the same demographic of people between 40 and 60 year old women uh, making these these comments and then I see a man's comment and he said uh, in fact let me grab it for you I, I, I took a screenshot of it. it's really really quite powerful um, let's see it says three weeks ago today I lost my daughter to the now infamous uh, vape related lung illness she was well over 18 with that said I'm not an advocate of banning I'm an advocate of better parenting. I'm an advocate of better information regarding the dangers like cigarettes, vaping is a choice. I firmly believe that we will find THC vaping is the culprit in the majority, if not all of the seven deaths being reported. I mean, that's incredibly powerful. And I wow. remember- Wow, and he I just mean, lost that, his daughter. He that is the father, daughter. yes, that is the father of someone who's just died. Yeah. And imagine the anger in this man's face saying, my daughter just died of THC and there's not a single person out there. There's not a government agency that's telling everyone, stop using THC. This should be on the front page of every newspaper. Stop using THC cartridges, at least black market. I mean, but, 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 but wouldn't you agree though, Troy, that, so you, do you ever watch TV? Sure. Okay. What is a majority of the commercials are that, that are rolling across your screen when you're watching TV? Uh, pharmaceutical. They spend billions on media, on sure. every single channel, doesn't matter what channel you watch, doesn't matter what radio station you listen to. And in my opinion, I believe with the amount of money they spend with even Fox News, they're not gonna bite the hand that feeds them. Uh, of, of course not, but you know, you have 22 people or 25 people or however many it was go to Dominican Republic and die Right. And that's on the front page of every newspaper. 
Right. But you have people here in America on our soil dying, now eight, dying of an illicit THC cartridge. And 90% of our populace doesn't even know that's the culprit. Well, that's, that's because the, the media is massaging narrative that it's just vaping. But and the other, it's, it's the other thing is irresponsible and dangerous. It's irresponsible and dangerous. And you know what I told the lady at Wave Three? I she was here giving me an interview yesterday. She was in my office giving me an interview. Uh, my news story. I can give it to you if you'd like to link it. Sure, absolutely. Uh, she was here giving me a, an interview, and I said, "Did do you all not monitor your own social media? Did you not see that?" And I showed it to her, and I said, "You have a moral responsibility." to reach out to this person and report this. Absolutely. This, this is now evident that these illicit THC cartridges are here local because this is a local father here in the area who has lost his daughter. You have a moral responsibility to report this to the city and let everyone know if you have these cartridges, you need to throw them away. What do you think that's about? Because I've noticed with everything, it's they just don't even want to bring up the THC as being the culprit. Even the doctor yesterday that reported on that man's death here in St. Louis said that it was due to vaping. Uh, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I can't blame a lot of the health professionals because the health professionals are getting their information from the CDC. Even yesterday, I had another news person here and I said, you need to report what the CDC has found that it is THC. And the guy looked at me and goes, Troy, I can only report either A, what a health professional tells me, or either B, exactly what the CDC is saying. And the CDC is right now saying vape. That's it. So my question is, is why is the wow. CDC, why is the CDC not clearly giving the evidence a part of me thinks that they're not a hundred percent sure they want to make sure that they are a hundred percent sure but a part of me thinks they have something to hide and to be quite honest with you i have no idea i have no idea would you not agree though you and i have had lots of dealings with the fda on sure. many levels because uh anybody related to this business for the last three years has been through the gauntlet of hell which is another thing the public needs to know that this isn't the wild, wild west out here. I mean, yes, there's people out here doing things that they shouldn't be. But as a whole, you know, the industry has been very compliant. The FDA has not been easy to deal with. And the, the amount of burden that they put on small shop owners to stay compliant is ridiculous. Sure. Last, last I totaled at this shop here, we had over 4,000 man hours keeping up with getting all the variations registered, all the products registered, all the labels changed, you know, all the expense and time, paying people, trying to figure out the FDA, FDA uh, interfaces. And I don't know if you were in the early portion of that. We were. So we were individually loading every SKU and, you know, every label with the name and everything. And then the FDA's come back and changed the rules. After we were like 78% done, they said, oh, just do a general label on it and blah, blah, blah. Don't worry about it. Well, there was people that had spent all this money and worked on this for six plus months like ourselves that were just like, you got to be kidding me. And that's been another issue I've really had with the FDA is they keep moving the line. 
They keep changing the rules. And it's like, we're a bunch of puppets down here and we have no say over it. We have no control over it. Whatever they say is what they say. We're going to change this tomorrow. All of a sudden, everything changes. We have no, there, there's no due process for us whatsoever. They, they changed guidance against this, again this morning. I mean, they, they, they changed guidance against this morning. Again, again this morning. It's really unfortunate. But I don't know what to do. I'll be honest with you. Legislatively, we need to strike it. We need to strike it. We need A, packaging restrictions. B, B we need to go to a TPD-style harmful constituency testing or harmful ingredient testing. Um, Europe has already done all the research for us. It could be very easy. And there's a ton of for firms throughout the U.S. and throughout Europe that could provide testing for us because um, they're already doing it every single day in Europe. Um, and more importantly, we need to make sure that these products are in 18 plus only stores. You know, I was telling the news, news yesterday, Juul is our problem. Oh. Now, I don't want to, but I don't want to point, I don't want to put the point finger at Juul because Juul is our problem because they're that much better at marketing than us. Juul is the they're problem. They're rock stars in the industry. Right. <laughs> Juul is the problem because they're in every corner, gas station, grocery, pharmacy in America. And those are the same places that you or I, when we were younger, would go and get our cigarettes. Because when I was- Alcohol too. Sure. Skip, and our beer, beer as well. <laughs> yeah. But when I was 16 years old and I started smoking, when I was 16 years old, I knew of that one gas station. It might've been 10 minutes from my parents' house, but I knew of that one gas station that would always sell me cigarettes. Or I knew that this one guy, whenever he worked, he worked on Wednesdays and Fridays. Whenever he worked at this gas station, he didn't card you. And those are the same places these guys are getting jewel. And they're also the ones that uh, have the highest amount of violations for selling to minors. Well, in our city alone, in Louisville, Kentucky, there and were- that's ne But that's never reported. They just say, they say vape shops, which I can tell you, we have a third-party verification system that scans your ID. And we have caught many, many fake IDs sure. in our store. And it saves it in a database, so we always have a record of it. We've also prevented second and third party sales when an older person comes in, but you know they're buying for a carload of kids. We refuse sale. I've had to refuse sale to parents who have brought their 16-year-olds in, and they sit them in the corner, and they're communicating on their phone. But we're, we're, we're sharp enough now to realize what's going on, and then they go on to Google and give us a one-star review because we refuse to sell to a minor. Sure. And many of the shops that I know, like yourself and throughout the St. Louis area, have very stringent ID well, policies. Here in Louisville, Kentucky, there were 11 companies cited. 11 companies were cited. Not one of them was a vapor store. Not one. In fact, the bulk of which were grocery stores. So what's your thoughts on... Uh, the biggest leverage they're using, which doesn't really line up for me intellectually, is flavors are causing all this. Sure. Wow. And A doesn't have anything to do with B, but every news station is targeting on flavors. Well, you know, everyone's using children. I mean, they're all using children and saying children love flavors. And whenever someone brings up flavors to me, in fact, I gave a neighbor a ride today, him and his wife, 
to a concert. They were going to a day concert and they called me and they said, hey, this morning, would you mind giving us a quick ride because we don't want to drink and drive? And I said, no problem. So I left work. I went and picked them up. I brought them there this morning. And, you know, they, of course, had a million questions about vaping. They wanted to know. And one thing that was interesting, the woman in the back said, well, let's be honest, your target demographic is children, right? And I said, no, it's not. I said, <laughs> I said kids don't have any money. I said, for people to get into, into a vaporizer, sometimes might be a hundred plus dollars. That's not our demographic at all. Our demographic is smokers. And, you know, she seemed kind of skeptical for what I was saying. I mean, I understand, but that right there, that's the perception. That's the perception of the average, I guess, suburban mother is we are going after kids, which is what the narrative is in the public. But you've been in this game quite a while, and wouldn't you agree that the, the tobacco flavors constitute a very small percentage of the general e-liquid sales? The flavors? No, the tobacco flavors. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, we're, we're under 30% at this point of tobacco sales. I will say it's not a micro percentage, but I will say there is definitely, there is definitely uh, more flavors being sold in the market. Some stores I'm hearing are upwards of 90% flavored. So I, I tell all news people the exact same thing, you know, and I say it kind of sarcastically and I say, well, you know, when you turned 18, did you immediately stop loving cake? And did you immediately stop loving candy? You know, there was a picture the other day of, of Governor Cuomo with a, with a sucker in his mouth. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's, it's unbelievable. I, I thought he was an adult. How could, it, how, how could he love something so sweet? Well, the biggest thing that I've heard through the years with why smokers, and I'm talking about people that are just getting off cigarettes, they absolutely refuse to have anything that tastes like a cigarette. Sure. They, they do, they're trying to quit cigarettes. So their thought process is not to come in here and buy something that tastes like a marble red or a marble light. They want a gummy bear flavor or a watermelon flavor or a lemon flavor because they know that if they continue to go down the path for them with that type of flavoring, that it may lead them back to cigarettes just because it tastes so much like a cigarette. Well, a good friend of mine said it best. His name's Tony Florence, and he's the co-owner of Vapor Stockroom. Yeah. Uh, a, a good friend of mine said it best. We were in a congressman's office the other day in D.C. and said, if you were trying to get someone to quit drinking alcohol, would you give them alcohol-flavored water? Of course not. So... So what do you have to say for anyone that might view this as far as what they can do because you're active not only at your state level, but you're very active nationally and, and at the federal level as well. The only thing I can tell you is if you can't go and meet with these people, if you can't fly to DC, if you can't join in on advocacy, the least you can do is pick up your phone. The least you can do. Believe it or not, when their phone rings, they listen. Now, if one person calls them, they might not care. But if a thousand people call them, they care. 
That's the best thing you can do. If you're a shop owner and you're sitting there saying, man, I don't have the money. I can't leave my shop. I can't do anything. The very least you can do is every single person that walks through that door, you find out who their, their state or federal representative is and says, here's their number. Give them a shout. I'll give you 5% off if you do it right now. I've called the White House probably 100 times. I've done it three times today. They, they listen to this. They listen to you because you are a voter. And if you are threatening to take their power away, they will do something about it. So can you share with the uh, shop owners that may or may not watch this as far as what is your Facebook page and just talk quickly about what its premise is? Uh, the Vape Shop Owner Lobbying Fund? Yes. Uh, it's just basically a group, a group of shop owners, like-minded individuals that want sensible regulations. And we want a voice out there on the Hill. We don't want a voice that's representing everyone. We want a voice that's representing us as retailers. And I don't think that's anything unreasonable. You've got lobbies for just the convenience stores. Uh, you've got lobbies for just tobacco that's sold in convenience stores. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable at all. We're not trying to step on any toes. We're not trying to take away from what the advocacy groups are doing. We believe in all of them. But at the same time, we believe that we need someone up there as well. Well, and I will say, uh, last I heard, uh, you're not getting paid real well for all that responsibility you took on with that. <laughs> That's always the uh, rumor mills that get started when uh, things like this evolve. But I know for a fact you've put a tremendous amount of time and energy into this. And well, uh, you also know for a fact where every penny came from as well as where every penny went. And yes. not one of not one of the lines uh, where the money going out it says Troy LeBlanc. So well, it's fantastic how you you are so transparent with uh, printing out the the contributions and how the money's been distributed and where we're at with things. Sure. And I do know that uh, each month is challenging to to meet our benchmark to keep our lobbyists in play up there. Uh, so I myself would encourage anyone watching if you are a shop owner to find this on facebook message troy get involved with it if you can send 25 dollars, you can send 100 dollars, whatever you know at this point every little bit helps sure. uh, for the cause up here but at least we got somewhat of a voice up there that's not representing the uh, i guess the individual of an organization or you know, the organization trying to promote itself, this is actually founded by shop owners for shop owners. There, there, is no, there is no other line on this. That's it. We're just protecting our interests as shop owners, period. Did you have anything else to add? I know you're a busy man, and I, I do really appreciate you jumping on here today. I just, I wanted to uh, get you on here because you're, you're well regarded and respected in the industry. And, and people tend to listen when, when you speak out. Well, and, uh, the only thing I have left to say is whether you join us or not, join something. Do something. Do something. Don't just sit there and expect someone else to do it because I'll tell you right now that if you have that mentality, we'll never get there. Uh, tell your customers to call the White House. Tell your customers to call their elected officials. Um, but at, that, you know, at the same time, stay calm. The sky hasn't fallen yet. I understand in New York and Michigan it has, and I can see how they're upset, but 
they want you to get upset. They want you to be off your game and they want you to make decisions that you don't normally make or aren't well thought out. So my best recommendation is, is to get involved and just stay calm because it's not over yet. There's a lot of fight left in us. Uh, a lot of great initiatives coming out of ETA. I just went to their conference. They're doing amazing work. A lot of great initiatives coming out of SFADA. Also, uh, very, very involved with them. AVA, Greg Conley, honestly, the most amazing human on this planet when it comes to vaping. Um, all of them are doing fantastic things. And yes. uh, we need you. Everyone, everyone fighting needs you, period. Absolutely. And you know, the thing with uh, that situation up in Michigan and New York, I, I talked to an attorney friend you and I are both acquainted with that, that's working closely in this. And uh, his thoughts were, is there's going to be some major lawsuits teed up as a result of uh, not following the processes for, for doing this. I'm going to say no comment because I made some comments on lawsuits yesterday and somebody slapped my hand. So I'm going to say no comment, but at sure. the same time, I wish, I wish the best of luck to, to everyone in Michigan and New York. I, I truly believe that the fight is most definitely not over there as well. Oh, absolutely. Well, Troy, I really, really appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know we were uh, have, having a hard time getting the, t the time nailed down, but I, I very much appreciate you coming on here. And, uh, you told me you're sending me a Zoom link. I was like, what the hell is a Zoom link? You can't just call me on my damn phone. So now, now that I know what it is, it's, it's actually fairly user-friendly. User uh, now I have this, I guess, in my, uh, in my tool belt. Well, it's you. fantastic because you can have up to 100 people in on a meeting. And what it does is the camera switches to wh whomever is speaking. Wow. Okay. So Perfect. what's nice is when you have multiple people, they come up on the screen when they speak. And I just think it's a little more personable when you're having a conversation to have someone actually on the screen than, than just a phone call. Sure, I, I love this platform, this is fantastic. Well, uh, I, I do appreciate you having me on here and I appreciate you, um, you spreading the message as well. So I, I hope that, that everyone, if you don't take anything I say, just like, please help us, help us somehow. Absolutely. And if you wouldn't mind, send me that link via messenger, uh, sure. because I would like to post that uh, link and the link to the Facebook page as well uh, when I put this out on social media. Perfect. Thank you all. Take all right, care. Buddy. Have a great day.